right. Well, welcome to the first episode of Under the Brim, where we talk about the mindset and motivation of the athlete under the brim. We're digging into the motivation, habits, and behaviors of our college athletes, what it takes to compete and perform at this level. And we are kind of comparing rodeo athletes with with what I'm calling our traditional sports athletes, what you think of as college sports. And today I have Rocky Rodriguez, who is on the Sol Ross rodeo team as a goat tire, correct? Yes, ma'am. And I have Judith Macias here, who is on the women's soccer team. So Judith, why don't you start, you're the veteran here. Tell us a little bit about um, how long you've been here, how long you've been playing soccer, and um, a little bit about your role on the soccer team. Yeah, so um, I am a, I guess, fifth fifth year um, because of COVID, but I just started my master's degree in education. I have been playing soccer since I was four and been at Sol Ross since 2018. Okay, and what's your role on the team right now being a fifth year student? Just more of like an upperclassman. We have okay. a couple of others on the team. So just a leadership role is what I would call it. Um, okay. And we have so many young freshmen that have come in and it kind of feels like we're the new ones <laughs> because they're so like little of us. But um, yeah, just leadership and making sure that everybody's staying on track. Okay, and then do you have a specific position on the soccer team? So I play midfield and just got moved to forward. So it's kind of forward, right forward or midfield. And then what would be like some of the characteristics of that position that what would it be how like how would you describe it do you need to be faster do you need to be more on like tell me a little bit about that position um i would say mentally you just need to know when to make runs um because midfielders always need to pass to the forwards and just vice versa we always have to keep moving so okay all right and rocky um you're a freshman this semester correct uh no so i'm actually a transfer student oh okay um, so, so i'm sorry. technically in my fifth year too oh uh, wow okay i'm so sorry i totally misinterpreted no that. you're good yeah i went to junior college um for three years because of covid um so okay. i ended up staying an extra year because everything was closed down and you couldn't really go tour any schools or anything yeah um, so i stayed a third year um and then so yeah i'm in my fifth year okay where were you at before sol ross uh frank phillips college okay it's up north of amarillo yeah. Um, yeah, it's way up there. But okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. I liked it a lot. So. Okay. And what are you majoring in? Um, ag business. Okay. Yeah. How are classes going this semester? They're pretty good. I mean, they're they're more laid back than I thought they were going to be. Okay. Um, I think I'm taking like 15 credits or something this semester, and usually I would only take like the minimum, which is 12. Okay. Um, so I was kind of nervous about having to take on like an extra class with the lab. Okay. But it's been pretty, it's been pretty laid back. Okay. But you're still in the bachelor's program then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yep. So it sounds like both of you sort of be- almost benefited from the COVID year a little bit. Is that correct? Yes, which is good. Because yeah. Our, our season last year wasn't the best. So <laughs> yes. best circumstances. So. Yeah. So like with rodeo, they gave us a, uh, they just gave us an extra year. Like they just counted COVID as like it never happened. Uh-huh. So that's why I transferred or stayed a third year at junior college and then transferred in as if I would like a sophomore. Like I just kind of took the extra year and was like. It doesn't really matter. I'll still just get my bachelor's in five years and graduate when I want to and get my actual four years of eligibility, so. Okay. But if I wanted to get my master's, I could technically get a sixth year, but I don't, okay. I don't, I'm not sure about that yet. <laughs> okay. Can you do that in traditional sports? Get a sixth year? No, I don't think so, sadly. Okay. I think they just give you, I could be wrong though. Okay. I don't know. I may have to look into that. <laughs> Would you have stayed for your master's if it hadn't been for that extra year of eligibility? Um... Honestly, no, because I kind of wanted to start teaching, and um, I want to be 
third through fifth grade teacher or teach high school and soccer or volleyball. So I would have gone straight into teaching um, either in like the Austin area or back in Abilene. And so I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm glad that I could stay because okay. I feel like my time here wasn't up. <laughs> I understand. Like there's there's timing in life, right? You just kind of have that sensation. Like it's like a sixth sense, right? You know when you're supposed to leave somewhere and when it's time to make that transition. Yeah. I talk about that often. Yeah. I feel like careers are always, I'm like, I can always teach whenever. Even next year I can teach, but I'm like soccer, it's my last year and I'd rather finish it. Okay. But yeah. How did you decide to come to Sol Ross? Um, so we rodeoed in the same region as Sol Ross. Okay. And so, uh, my old coach, um, at Frank Phillips, her and CJ, uh, coach really like similarly. And she kind of like sh came down and shadowed him for a while. And like, she does a lot of things really like similar that CJ does. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, she kind of, I guess, like pushed me in the direction and I met some of the girls and stuff and they were like, you should really consider it. Like, and so I just got, kind of got pushed by my old coach and ended up looking into it and really liked it. So, Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons that I really wanted to pair up, you know, a rodeo athlete and a traditional athlete because of the similarities and the differences. That's really mm -hmm. what I wanted to talk about. And I think that's something that's interesting is that um, from just a little bit that I know about college rodeo and the different coach, the different coaches within college rodeo, mm -hmm. um, some coaches are really hands on and they're actively involved. Would mm -hmm. you say that about the program you were at before and the one yes, that you're at now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very like structured and like we do things a certain way um, versus like I know that some other schools just kind of like practice isn't mandatory or yeah, you're kind of on you your don't own have to show up if you don't want to versus yeah. like I said like um CJ here and my old coach um back at Frank it was definitely like very structured and she had a certain way that she wanted everything done yeah. um and our expectations like her expectations of us were pretty high versus like I said other coaches sometimes are just like do whatever you want but yeah and I would say probably in your sport like practice is always mandatory and there um, are no yeah. expectations exceptions yeah. right yeah we have practice every single day and Sunday's our only day off which I think is good because the past four years that I've been here before he came um it was you know practice five times a week and then you have Saturday Sunday off sometimes four times a week and so he definitely changed that and it kind of was a bit of a shock to us but it's better to be prepared and have that continuous practice and make sure that we're doing everything right instead of taking a lot of days off <laughs> yeah. than we would have. But So I'm curious, um, so both of you are starting to work with new coaches. Your coach just got here, you're just coming here to a new coach. So what's it like adapting? You've been doing your sport. How long have you been tying goats uh, or rodeoing? Like, I was like five. Yeah, probably. and you said you started when you were that <laughs> yeah. young too, is right? That's crazy. So yeah. you've been in your sport for a long time. Yeah. So what's it like to come and be at this level and this age, you know, when you're in college, if you're competing at the collegiate level, you're an elite athlete by this point. Mm -hmm. So what's it like to adapt to a new coaching style? Uh, probably uh, for me, because um, like within rodeo or whatever, your parents are pretty much your coaches. And so I'd say that the biggest like adaptation that you have to have from just having your parents be your coach to actually having another person that you're supposed to like respect and look up to and uh, I guess just answer to, it's a lot different and you kind of have to rely on the, um, what's the word? <laughs> I can't think of one either. Like how, how you used to do everything at home, like your routine from home, like your okay. practice routines at home, that really carries over into college because mm -hmm. like I said, your coaches aren't necessarily gonna like pester you about like why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that like if you don't want to work at it they're gonna let you just be mediocre yeah so I think that's the biggest thing like 
being successful in college rodeo is like how those routines from home and like the expectations from home are really like what gets you to be successful in college. Oh, that's such a great point. That's really about the foundation that you built before you got here. It's mm -hmm. not what, you're not starting fresh when you get here. It's really just adding on more layers to the mm -hmm. foundation you've already created. Yeah. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Okay. So with soccer, um, I guess it is, I'm just gonna kind of piggyback what you were saying. Like even when I was little, I don't think that I got into select soccer because it's really big in like Dallas area. That's mm -hmm. usually where all the competition is at. Yes, you can play in high school and middle school, but to kind of push yourself to the next level, it's a lot of the select teams mm -hmm. um, and even travel teams um, at the collegiate level. But I didn't get into that until I think fifth or my fifth or sixth grade year. I've always played soccer, but select was a different level. And so um, once I got into that, it's they do showcases once you get into high school. Um, I didn't learn about that till I was in high school. So I feel like I was kind of delayed throughout my time and um, with select and stuff like that. But I mean, even with practices, they really push you. Select soccer, high, I had really great high school coaches um, who pushed me a lot and you know made sure that we were going to be at a collegiate level so whenever I came to Sol Ross um it was different if anyone says that it's not different from high school it's completely different <laughs> it's so much faster and I came in like oh my goodness I thought I knew everything yeah. and I do not know a lot of stuff um but yeah just being with the collegiate level it's it's been great for skill all of that stuff and I enjoyed it do you feel like the collegiate level coach is harder on you or like she said, a little more hands off and you, you have to want it yourself. They're going to be there to like try yeah. to push you to the next level, but you have to want it yourself and have to found, have a foundation already. Um, yes. My freshman coach, freshman, sophomore, bit of junior before he left was kind of, you know, if you're not going to put in the work, then that's on you. And he has 10 other players that want to, that want your spot. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, you're either all in or you just kind of do your own thing. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But he's still, he's still there to push you and stuff like that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're playing college. You have a choice. And if you don't want to play, then that's on you. So, Rocky, you mentioned that your parents were your coaches. And, you know, I've, I've been in that role. I have a son that rodeos, and I know what mm -hmm. it's like. And we always talked about how you have to wear those two hats, right? You have to walk the line of, okay, right now I'm your coach. Mm -hmm. When we go in the house, I'll be your mom again, right? Yeah. So what were your parents like? Because you said you didn't start Select until later. So was that an intentional choice on your parents' part to try to keep it, you know, fun for you? Or was it? Um, it was more financially on their okay. part. Um, and so, you know, you always wish I, I could have started earlier, but that's, you know, my parents, um, but they were so hard on me, especially my dad, and it bugged me so much. He would <laughs> scream at me in the stands. My mom, when I was little, told me that if I cry, I'm never playing soccer again. <laughs> Gosh. So, so from since I was four till high school, if I cried, oh, I would not hear the end of it. So it was kind of like a either get up after you fall or that's it. We're done. <laughs> yeah. They were really tough on me, which was really great at the end of the day. Is that surprising to hear from you? Because I think we, that's the norm in rodeo, but we don't necessarily think of traditional sports being like that. So is that surprising, Rocky, for you to hear? Yeah, it's kind of different. <laughs> my, maybe my mom's just really tough. No, she was my coach when I was little um, since I was, I would say probably since I was in like fourth grade. And yeah. so if I was crying on the field, she'd be like, okay, someone else go in for her. And so it was like, you either, you know, toughen up or you're not going to play. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah. So did they push you to like, were that was it always an expectation that you were going to be a collegiate soccer player or? Um, yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. My mom, um, she really started looking into college whenever I was in high school. I think my sophomore year, um, just from select coaches, they started giving them inf more information about that. And then that's how I started to figure out about that stuff. Um, but they got me into, I think it was like a portal thing where you can reach out to coaches um, online. And I think I had a few in mind. I just ultimately didn't want to stay in Abilene. I was like, I need to get out. And then I came to Alpine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I would say that's kind of crazy because, like, I'm from Prescott, Arizona, and that's, like, 12 hours away. And so when you say, like, get away from home, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like you're less than, had, like, half a day's drive home. I know. <laughs> if you wanted to just turn around and go and come back, you'd be fine. Like, it wouldn't take you a full two days. I know. Yeah. I love your perspective because when I went to college, I remember thinking, okay, I need to be more than two hours from my parents so they can't just drop by. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, like, totally different from you still. Yeah. Right? Like, I thought two hours was a big distance, and that was before I had anything to do with rodeo, and I realized that hours were just a normal part, you know, hour, yeah. hour, you know, day-long drives were just mm -hmm. a normal part of life. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah. just normal for us now. <laughs> so how hard were your parents in the rodeo arena and practicing, like, again, being your coaches, you mm -hmm. didn't have, you know, in rodeo, there's no other coaches. There's not a little league coach or a junior high coach. Yeah. Like. Um, so my mom, I feel like she was more strict in practice. And then once we actually got there, she was like, okay, like it's up to you. Yeah. And like, I feel like it's, it's definitely different, obviously, because like, if you mess up a play, like say in soccer, yeah. you have another one and like, you can fix it on that one. But like for us, it's either like good on your first try or you're done till the next weekend oh that's I didn't think about that and but so that is yeah we have a lot of opportunities to that's one of our things like our coaches like if you lose the ball you have six seconds to run back and try and get it back yeah and so, so yeah and I'd say that's probably the like biggest difference like mentally too is that like if we mess up we have to live with it until we get a chance like at the next rodeo to fix it and so that's like I said kind of mentally like like when I played basketball it was a lot easier to like like pick myself up and be like okay like I'm gonna fix it like I'm gonna go like make it right now yeah. versus like having to be like, okay, like just don't think about it. Just pretend it never happened and like just be stronger the next time you get the chance. Yeah. yeah like she said, in six, sec six seconds on the other end of the court, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, and then, so like in soccer, you're in a team sport. So do you ever catch yourself being like, well, that wasn't my fault. That was really her fault. And you know, like if there's a big bad, you know, mistake on the court, on the field, you can kind of be like, okay, we're a team, you know, like yeah. we, we rise together and we fall together. But you know, you like, you mess up on a go tying run. Mm -hmm. It's just you and the animals. Like, so the only yeah. other people to blame, the only other, you know, person that you can blame it on is an animal. There's no yeah. other person, right? There's no teammate. Yeah. There's no coach. Yeah, and like that, I didn't call a bad play, you yeah. know? And like that kind of goes back to practice too. Like, um, say you make a run, you have to be really like mentally strong to say, okay, what do I need to work on this week in practice? Which is kind of where it's different. Like you can kind of pick and choose what, like in practice, what you want to do or what you need to work on and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say that's like really hard too, to be able to like not let the emotions get in the way and just say, okay, like fundamentally, what mm -hmm. was my weakest point in that run? And what can I do this week to make it stronger and fix it for next time? Mm-hmm. So what made y'all want to play the sport that you play? Like, um, what made you want to play soccer? What made you want to tie goats? Um, I go first. Um, <laughs> I love the, I guess, culture of every team that I've been on. It's always been great. And the girls, I think the relationships that you build in soccer are, they can last forever. And so that was one of the main things is, 
you know, I'm on a team that is going to support me and you win together, you lose together, and you can't blame it on just one person all the time because either way it takes from the person at the top with the forwards to bring it all the way back. And if someone else scores, you know, you can't just blame one person. So mm-hmm. I th- I, that's what I like about it. Okay. Um, I kind of just got into it because my family grew up, like we kind of grew up doing it and being around it. And uh, I don't know, it just kind of clicked, I guess. And I'm mainly talking to you as a good tire because I want to talk to one person that, yeah. you know, from each of the rodeo events. Yeah, no, but yeah. do you do other rodeo events? No. Okay. Nope, I just tie goats. Okay. I didn't want to I didn't want to ignore other yeah. events if you did no, them or good. like, you know, pretend like, "Oh, you're just a goat." You know, <laughs> no, like, I didn't want to I didn't want to pigeonhole you if, no, I, you're if good. I'm speaking incorrectly. So then that's kind of what you got you started, but now what kept you going? Like on the days when it's hard and when you don't like your teammates <laughs> and when you don't like your parents and yeah. when the it's cold outside and when you like feel bad and you're like, "Oh, this sucks. I don't want to do it anymore." What keeps you going? Um, I would say the feeling of running, touching a ball, scoring, and kind of lost my thought process on that. <laughs> well, I, I would probably agree with kind of what you said earlier, like the culture of it. Like, like you go to a rodeo and all of the other families and all of the other kids that are there with you, even though we're not necessarily like on a team together, it's just kind of like the culture of it. And like, I guess not necessarily like the social aspect, but yeah. kind of the social aspect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for me, now that I think about it, it's like I've been playing the sport for so long. So to just give it up or not continue would just break my heart. So I just keep going because ultimately at the end of the day, like I am playing college and I want a ring. So mm-hmm. I'm going to keep going until I get a <laughs> ring. <laughs> and I kind of add on that too. Um, like I did start to get kind of get sick of it. Like, um, I don't know, like junior year of high school probably. And then like uh, shortly after that, I ended up hurting my knee and I was out for like almost a year. And so, oh like, it, well, I guess it was my, I guess it was my senior year, actually. It was January of my senior year. And so I was just kind of like, eh, like, it's all right. Like, I haven't really done that great up to this point. And then once I hurt my knee and I was pretty much told that I couldn't, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, that makes me want it, like, even more. Like, mm-hmm. it makes me want to get back out there even more. Yeah. Like, I didn't think that I was going to miss it as much as I did. And I think that's what really made me come back stronger than I was before. Like, mm-hmm. really, like, with a vengeance, like, wanting it. Yeah. Sometimes we have to have those like in your face moments, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was like super devastating for me. But like I said, it just made me come back even stronger and realize that I actually do love the sport and that a bad day in practice is better than a good day not doing it. So, oh, I like that. A bad day in yes. practice is better than a good day not Both doing that. it. <laughs> that is on the podcast. Yeah. I used to think about that all the time. I'm just like, really though, like, I'd rather be at practice than. Yeah. Anywhere else. Yeah. So that was kind of your wake up moment to realize, okay, I want to take this seriously mm-hmm. and I want to take it to the next level and I want to be the best. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like that going into this season? Cause this is kind of your bonus season, right? Like you shouldn't have this season and here yes. you are with this bonus season. Do you feel a little bit more um, intensity and maybe even more pressure this semester to perform? Yes. Because, um, Again, last season, we only had 11 girls to start out with. I which felt is, so bad for y'all last season. Well, let me just say the minimum you can have, <laughs> or the maximum that you can have on the field. The minimum's nine, which we have played nine before. Um, which means you have zero rest for anybody that isn't familiar with yes. soccer. It means so you literally nine, don't stop playing yeah, the whole game. 90 minutes on a field, 
and you're running, you walk a little <laughs> bit, run. Um, no, no subs at all. <laughs> she wants to make sure everybody understands that. Like, ninety dying. minutes of straight running, sprint, so, sprint intervals for ninety minutes, right? Yeah, versus mine's like six seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, six um, seconds. Yeah, I feel a lot of pressure, um, but I also want to make it known, like, um, to our freshmen, like this is for us. We just want to let them know, like, your season can be taken away at any point. We had so, like, little people on our team. We were playing, and that really brought the whole team closer together because we can't have any subs. I think we had probably three subs by the end of the season. But I'm like, you really learned how to push each other and play for each other and push yourself because there's no one that can go in for you. You're just by yourself on a field with other girls as well. But it's really challenging mentally and physically and so the pressure's on and we are really hungry to go back and get wins because we lost almost all our games with by little goals and also with the teams who are subbing in a whole other team or their second (laughs) third string fourth (laughs) string and we're just on the field like "Mm, that must be nice (laughs) so so yes pressure so you still came back to a team that had a pretty defeating season Mm -hmm. you knew coming back like we had a really terrible season that didn't deter you to come back and compete for them again say that again sorry like it didn't deter you to come back and compete for a team that had a terrible season that lost like you weren't like oh I got to go find a school that has a better winning record (laughs) no I mean you can maybe think that in the back of your mind but at the end of the day we've been with each other for so long since most of our freshman year and some of the sophomore that came in so we have that um what do you call it? Like a bond. Chem- chemistry, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, we have a lot of chemistry with each other, and I think to go to another team would just, it you would lose a lot of people, and it's hard to try and find that with Because that doesn't happen instantly. Yeah, much. other teams. Um, so I think we all just wanted to stick together, and we were really close. We have we're really good on the field. It just, at the end of the day, we didn't have any subs, and we're tired. Yeah. Like, we, <laughs> we were drained. Um, but the chemistry is definitely growing with our new team. And you can tell that we didn't, we, our first game playing, we didn't even know each other's names. We were just like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Does that make you, Rocky, does that make you want to play a team sport? Or are you like, oh, I don't have any of that, you know? Mm, well, I don't know. It's kind of different because, I mean, rodeo, technically we are an individual sport, but we do still have a team. So like we practice as a team, but we compete individually. Well, and that's unique too, because I mean, high school rodeo, Technically, like at Texas, at least you're in regions. Mm-hmm. Um, you're yeah. from Arizona, right? Yes. Ma'am. Do you have regions in Arizona? No, no. Okay, it's just so, the state. Yeah, yeah, so you don't even have that. So coming into college is your first team rodeo experience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, pretty so much. So, do you feel a team dynamic? Do you feel like you're part of something? I would say yes. Um, like I said, at my old school, my coach she really like had everything structured, and so we definitely practice as a team, like um, doing like relays against each other, like competitive, like. Um, what's the word just getting like better competitive mm-hmm. practice in because um, you know like when you're when you're making a goat run you can't look next to you and say oh am I beating her or no um, so like doing um, relays and doing matches and stuff and just trying to get um, like having teammates to push you mm-hmm. and make you better um, was definitely like a team dynamic and it's the same here I mean and every year it changes like you said you get different girls in um, and then the dynamic kind of changes mm-hmm. you know from like who's in the leadership role and who's the most encouraging and who like gets down on themselves easily that we have to help pick up and um, and who are the gossip girls and the main girls yeah <laughs> exactly yeah so it's definitely like still a team dynamic I'd say because um, okay. we do practice together like I said and it's kind of crazy how 
like how a really great teammate, even though we are an individual sport, how a really great teammate in practice can make you so much better um, and how like a not great teammate can kind of pull you down as well. So yeah. it's, it's pretty similar, I'd say. Yeah, I was watching a um, like a special about an Olympic swimmer and how um, it was two females and a female moved across the country to swim with another female. Mm -hmm. And one was older, like mom age, and one was a young teenager, but they moved across the country to swim together just because they knew that they'd cause each other to be better, mm -hmm. even though they were like drastically different places in life mm -hmm. just for the challenge. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of the crazy part too, is that like rodeo teams, if you look at like their certain sports, so say like, Clarendon College, they have a lot of good bronc riders and they just continue to produce like some of the best ones that there are in the region and it just like the the good keeps getting better. Okay. And like the kids that want to be great go there and they just continue to build themselves like build each other up and get better and better. So the cream is rising and it's attracting more. Yeah. Okay. So it's kinda crazy like and that's kinda different too because rodeo has so many different like events. And so each school is kind of different in what their, like, specialty is or what their coach is, like, specific in. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, just kind of, like, depending on the kids that you have, if they're super good and you get another young kid in there, they're going to be really good, too. Yeah. So do y'all cheer for each other? So even if you're competing against, you know, like, there's more than one goat, goat tire for mm -hmm. Sol Ross State University. So yeah. you're competing against each other for the yeah. same buckle, the same mm -hmm. check, the same money, the same prizes, yeah. the same year in, the same qualifications. Yeah. Do you still cheer for each other? Yeah. And so that's the other crazy part, too, is that, um, like, her name's Hannah. She's on our rodeo team. Uh -huh. And uh, all three of us goat tires are currently sharing Hannah's horse. <laughs> and so that's kind of the crazy part, too, is that, like, my horse came up sore on me like literally 15 minutes before I was supposed to run in Portales and I called her and was just like I knew that she would let me I called her and was like hey like I am in a pickle like I need your goat horse right now like can I please ride him she's like yeah of course like brought him to me saddled him ran him like just no no big deal mm -hmm. and so yeah we definitely support each other and cheer each other on um, in that aspect too and do whatever we can for each other to help so. Yeah, I've always been curious if other sports would be that way with each other. I know we got mm -hmm. approached about a reality TV show for rodeo families, mm -hmm. and we were like, no, we share horses and we share ropes and we video yeah. for each other and we feed each other, just, yeah, we feed each other yeah. and we like take care of each other and yeah, keep an eye on them, make sure yeah. they don't run off. Yeah. And they there was not, not not enough drama, so they didn't <laughs> pick us up for the They're show. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, y'all were a healthy family. <laughs> we were not dance moms for sure, right? Yeah, like, yeah they, it's not like cutthroat. <laughs> yeah, no, it I'm was like, not. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So y'all are both um, in season right now. You just had your first rodeo. Mm -hmm. Where are y'all at? How many games have y'all played this season in we soccer? We have played five, four counted um, towards our record. Okay, so actually four. six, okay. um, I believe. Yeah. Six. Okay. So still beginning early in the season. How many y'all yeah. play total? Um, eighteen. Okay, and y'all have five in the fall. Yeah, five in the fall and five in the spring. Okay. So how are you feeling about like what's the momentum and the energy feeling like right now at this point in your season? Oh, we are ready. We have, um, so She's we, like, we yeah, we are. Um, the freshmen make it so fun and they know the expectations. So they really try and push the positivity and the encouragement, even on the bench and on the field if we score a goal. But we start uh, our conference next week. So they are going to Oklahoma. I sadly can't make it because I'm going to my best friend's wedding um, that I've been with friends with since elementary school <laughs> wait so in college rodeo are you allowed to miss for stuff like that is that allowed for soccer um i mean yeah sorry <laughs> sorry sorry um, as long, so i hate missing games i never ever ever have really missed a game um if it's not in season then yes if it's in season 
I would I would be like I'm sorry I can't make the wedding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, they it's it's up to the coach. Really. Okay, so this is a non-conference game. Yes, this is a, it's a non-conference. Um, we start our conference next week, so we are ready to get going. Okay, and our energy is pretty high right now. Okay, <laughs> so yes. Yeah, yeah I would say same for us. Like, yeah, we've been practicing. I don't know for a month, maybe more than that since. Um, we've been in school and stuff and so we've just been raring to go like we've been ready we've been excited we've been working hard and just ready to get out there and show everyone yeah I think we want to make it known too that we have 29 girls now and (laughs) we're like you don't have to watch us lose anymore we're out we're out for the wins like we want the wins so come watch us (laughs) well and I know that's a big deal for rodeo too like our the rodeo program at Sil Ross has gone from like seven kids at one point to now we have like almost 50 right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so same both are growing programs so i think it's really Mm -hmm. interesting again to bring y'all in and talk together because you're kind of in unique like really similar Mm -hmm. situations despite being such different sports Mm -hmm. um so okay so we're both in y'all are both in good places right now Mm -hmm. early in the season feeling the momentum feeling the high feeling the good Mm -hmm. vibes feeling like there's a lot of potential building it's like this this little energy surging (laughs) right so how do you keep that going all season long what do you do to get ready for the very next thing and then how do you keep that like thinking forward to the entire season like kind of what's your mental approach to like maintaining this for the season do you want to go yeah obviously I I would probably just say I know for me personally like in order to maintain the energy and the consistency I guess is just to I don't know keep keep working and try to stay healthy too um we have a lot of rodeos this fall that are almost like back to back or we're only home for three or four days and then we got to leave again and drive Mm -hmm. and stuff um so I'd say that's the biggest thing for us is just to stay healthy um I know that that really like applies to some of our rough stock guys and stuff too like um keeping our bodies feeling good making sure that we're eating good when we're on the road um and just just keep keep working at the little stuff I think it's so cool to hear a rodeo athlete say that because those are not things that you used yeah. to ever hear about in a rodeo, yeah, right? No, like, and it's, and no it's one rough. cared about like their nutrition or their fitness yeah. in the past ever. Yeah, and, it, and, like, and, it, and it's rough because like we're responsible for ourselves. So like we have to go and like find food and try not to eat too much gas station food or get tired while you're driving all the way home at yeah. night and want to grab a bag of candy. And, like, and 16 energy drinks. Yeah, <laughs> like just to try to stay awake and like, yeah, so. Yeah. I definitely felt it this week like we had been I don't we eat at the house a lot and like I make dinner a lot and so like having gas station food and like concession stand food for like four days I was like okay I'm ready you can tell the difference on your body right yeah yeah and like I've yeah I definitely feel a difference since (laughs) since that week so so is there any like do you have a game plan for this season like are you like okay this is like my strategy for the season i know what i have to do i need to practice x amount of times i need to place at this many rodeos mm-hmm. like did you start the season with like did you write down goals did you do anything like- yeah so um i had written some goals i i definitely wanted to try to make all 10 short rounds um i've been really close a lot of times so i really felt like there was no reason that i couldn't um and then again at portales i was one hole out of okay. making the short round so like i said a really really close and it came down to a tenth of a second on, like I said, a, a horse that I had borrowed right before I ran. Yeah. So okay. it was kind of hard because I was proud of myself because I kind of overcame, overcame, I mean, not being on my own horse and okay. kind of having to be frazzled right before and like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so I guess like that's the mental part too is that I, part of me is like super proud, like, oh my gosh, like you did good. Like you've never ridden this horse before. Like you kind of executed your game plan. Like you did what you needed to do. But then the other part of me is like, if I would have just tried like 1% harder or if I would have ran 1% harder into my goat, or if I would have ridden that horse like 1% better, like I could have, I could have been right there. So yeah, um, we wrote down goals and stuff and uh, 
I guess that's just kind of my game plan. I mean, just try to stay feeling good and um, just be consistent. So what did you take away more from Portalis? Was it the regret of one-tenth of a second, or was it the success of overcoming an obstacle and still being that close? Mm, probably the regret of not putting in that extra 1%, because that's kind of what I struggled with um, even in the, like this last spring, too, is that I would be like just a, a couple of holes out, which they take top 10 back. So I'd be mm -hmm. like 12 or I'd be 13, and I'd have to sit and wait and see if On I was going to make it. Yeah, and I'd be like number eight going into the last round and there's 15 girls to go and I have to sit and cross my fingers and cross my toes and be like okay like I want everyone else to do good too but let's see if I can and if just, I can squeeze in there like yeah and just uh, sink further and further into your seat every time you get bumped yeah. a hole yeah and so yeah and like I guess every time that it's happened to me it's just made not necessarily that regret but I guess that that want even stronger and like I said it's kind of hard because you have to go like you only get one shot and so you have to be at 100% your first time. Like, you don't get to really, like, warm up to it. Be like, oh, okay, like, that one was a little bit slow. Like, I'm going to try again and go faster. Like, you have to be full-blown, like, on your first try. So yeah. I guess that's my biggest takeaway is that I need to just go for it and yeah. quit. Just, I guess, being nervous or letting any fear or letting any hesitations happen and just say, okay, I'm going for it. And if it works out, it's going to be awesome. And if not, then at least I tried my hardest. So, yeah. No do-overs. you got to put it all on the line. Yeah. 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 Okay, so what about you? Did you write down goals before the season? Did you have a game plan going in before you played the first match? Or um, I always get really nervous before playing a game. So I think my one of my goals was to just try and relax because I've been playing this game for X amount of years. Yeah, and your whole so, life. Yeah, I'm like, I've known this. I don't need to overthink it. You just need to play your game and go out there. Um, one of my goals, too, is just I don't want a bitter taste in my mouth of losing. And so our coach always says, like, you don't want that taste in your mouth. Like if you, if we need to, if you want to win, you have to work hard in practice to get that bitter taste out of your mouth. Because we had, that that taste was with us for so long after losing the whole almost the whole season and only winning one game. Um, so our goal was to push forward, make sure we're doing everything we can in practice, and you know even if games didn't turn out the way we want, we look over uh, mistakes. And so in practice, that's how we fix everything. We go over, do drills over and over and over again. He makes a sprint. Um, we're tired, but it's going to pay off. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so letting go of that mental, hold, mm. that those mental things that are holding mm -hmm. you back, right? Like it's both of you kind of described that, of that mindset yeah. of yeah. what's holding which, you back. Which really gets to me in games because my nerves can get so high, and I don't think that helps whenever I take pre-workout. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't ever want to be tired. I've played a game exhausted especially since we're on a bus for so long and getting off of the bus and trying to warm up your legs feel heavy and you're tired and so I've definitely took a pre-workout scoop and with the nerves <laughs> and the pre-workout you're just on like 110 or more yeah. so I just try and calm my nerves down before um, I play a game so I'm not bouncing off the walls and doing mm -hmm. little mistakes that could have been fixed easily. So do you have a routine that you do or anything specific um, to help you calm down? Yes, I do. I listen to it's a messy podcast off of um, Spotify, and it just kind of talks about his life and just pushes you the words just to be better. And, you know, if you want to be the best, then you need to play the best and think the best, like you're mm -hmm. the best. Um, so that's what I listen to every every game day before a game. I just kind of zone into that, listen to about one or two and that usually helps me calm down. And I'm like, I 
I got I don't need to worry about anything else or anybody else just my game so yes nice do you do anything to help you with your mindset before you go um probably just visualize and slow my heart rate because like Mm -hmm. sometimes I can feel like my heart beating out of my chest and so like for rodeo I mean it's a timed event and so um if my heart gets beating too fast my hands get shaky Mm -hmm. and then I tend to like have speed jams or like bobbles or like like my hands just aren't as calm and smooth as they need to be um so I like just visualize my run be like okay this is what I'm gonna do and I also make a game plan too um like usually I like to watch the girls that are before me um or watch from the stands and stuff and be like okay like this is what I'm noticing a lot of girls are messing up on like this is my game plan so like say for Portalis, there was a pretty long alley that we had to go down before we actually got into the arena. Mm-hmm. And then it was a 125 foot score, which uh, standard is 100. Yeah. So it was a bit longer down there and we had a long alley. Mm-hmm. So I had made the game plan like, okay, I'm gonna wait until I get like actually in the arena, like through the arena gate before I ask my horse to go because some of those horses were firing at the back of the alley. But then by the time they're to the starting line, they're already like, okay, like, that's everything that I have. That's our so, normal distance that we run. Yeah. 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 Stop. So it's like trying to make a game plan and just execute my game plan and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to wait till here. Then I'm going to ride. Then I'm just going to be smooth on the ground. So to make a point on that, um, I never watch my opponents. Okay. That's, that's like a no in soccer. Maybe for other people. I don't know. But like, I just can't look at them because then I'm like, <laughs> I just get nervous and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is she doing? Maybe I can do that too. So I just try to focus on like, what do you need to do? How are you going to run? How are you going to take the ball? How are you going to touch it? And if I look at them, I'm like, oh, maybe I can switch this. And so I just can't think like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that was actually what I was going to ask y'all is, do you ever get mid competition and change your game plan? Like, um, like I was talking to another rodeo athlete about this this weekend and they were doing a three-round event, and by the third round, they felt like they needed to speed up in order mm-hmm. to win. But by the third round, when they finally went, really all they needed to do was catch. Mm-hmm. But they missed because they changed their game plan and mm-hmm. were trying to go fast. So do you ever change your game plan based on what other people are doing? Do you get out there and in mid-competition realize, like, oh, I'm going to change my game plan? Like, So you had the game plan, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to not lope until I get into the alley, but then mm-hmm. you get there and you're like, okay, no, I'm going to go for it. Do you mm-hmm. change your mind? Or you get out there and you see, oh, they're really bigger or they're faster. I need to do something different. Do you ever change your mind based on the situation? When when if you would have stuck with your original game plan, it usually works mm-hmm. out better. Yeah, I do that in games when I'm in the game. So after I've played for a couple of minutes, I kind of get a feel for what's going on and kind of change it off of just any position that I'm at. Um, But other than that, before the game, I do visualize like, this is what I'm going to do. Maybe this is how I'm going to make a cross. Um, But in the game, it could change in like seconds. So it's... So definitely different for you. You have to adjust to the flow of the game and the entire, you know, your team and the opponent. Yes. And And it's kind of hard too, because we tried to not play their game which is something we get told a lot like play your game don't play a game that they're playing because the uh, other team can you know play kick we call it kickball where they just keep you know they're not getting possession of the ball they just keep kicking it out kicking it out kicking it out and sometimes if we constantly see that that's something that our team tends to do is we might do that and so it's always a you need to play your game and then they they need to adjust to it not Mm -hmm. us that's the yeah. exact same in rodeo. Um, we always say that, like, yeah, um, like obviously different girls have different strengths and stuff. Yeah, and so you just need to make your best run on like the best stock that you have, which is also a big difference in versus traditional sports. Is that um, we always say it's like a drawing contest. So you could get a goat that stands there and says "timey" and literally lets you just blast him, <laughs> or you could get one that 
like has gotten up on every single person before you and you have to adjust your game plan like you had kind of said um so like i i change my game plan usually i try sometimes i change my game plan it just kind of depends um but usually when i'm riding in the arena i pretty much have it good to go um but like I said, it can change all the way up until, I mean, until I get down there, like so the girl before me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, I've had a couple of situations like this spring where the girl before me on the same goat that I'm going to have, he gets up on her. So then I have to go, okay, do I need to safety up and try to put one more on him and keep him down? Or am I just going to go for it and whatever happens, happens. So like um, that happened to me at Odessa and I decided to put an extra wrap, which takes you like an extra, I don't know, probably two tenths of a second maybe. And uh that happened to me at Odessa, and I said, okay, well, I'm just going to put three wraps, and, like, I'm just going to go so fast that it's not even going to, that losing that point two isn't going to matter, mm-hmm. and it actually worked out for me, and I made it back to the short round, and so it's just kind of, like, I don't know, yeah, yeah. like, a split second almost, like, you're riding in the gate, and you said, oh, okay, like, this is, this is the new game plan, and we're going to do it, like, <laughs> But yeah, you remind me of that scene in Top Gun where he's like, you don't have time to think up there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like, <laughs> really, like, you have to react, like, so instinctual. split second, yeah. And, like, our sport's so fast, too, is that, like, you don't you don't have time to think. And so that's why you try to um, – I read this book one time, and it was talking about how you practice uh, consciously so that you can react subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's rodeo, yeah. like, to a T. Like, you have to practice consciously so much. Like, I'm going to do this every single time in practice. That way, when it comes to competition and you can't think, it just happens naturally. Okay. So what happens if the next – time you enter, the next time you compete, doesn't go according to game plan. It doesn't align with your goals that you set out for this semester. Um, and maybe you've had this in the past or you've had bad, you know, like a bad performance or a bad, you know, game or a bad match or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, what have, how's your mindset then? And what do you do? How long do you let yourself stay there? And then how do you respond to that? How do you get ready for the next time after that? Um, I kind of give myself a day or two. I've had a game not go so great for me and got subbed out and was like why what am I doing wrong which I think I'm doing good but my touches are trash and he just calls me out on it and and it kind of gets to me but I kind of just let myself think like what 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 why am I not making good touches what's what's the reason that it could be that I'm thinking too much in a game that I'm thinking about all these different things that I can't focus on what I'm supposed to be doing um or I didn't get enough sleep or rest or enough water in me that I'm just kind of all over the place. Cause I have a routine every day <laughs> that I stay on. Um, and just talking to my coach because the more information that I get or get off my chest helps me kind of mentally prepare for the next day and next practices and the next game. Mm-hmm. I'll say, I, I don't know. I wish I was better about letting it roll off easier. Um, it kind of just depends on like the setup though. Cause I mean, with rodeo, you could have, a jackpot that's two rounds and you're gonna run them like pretty much back to back. So you only get 15 minutes say between your two runs. So you only get like barely any time to get over your last one and make your new game plan and go out and execute it. But versus like our actual college rodeos, you get one run for the weekend and then if you're in top 10, you get another one. So that's that's a lot harder to get over because you just, I don't know, I feel like I harp on it a lot more because I'm like, I came all this way and, and you only have 10 chances total in mm-hmm. the entire season. So. Yeah. So it's it's definitely harder. And like I said, I wish that I let it roll off a little bit easier. But I'd say probably a day. Um, like I said, I, I was pretty upset last weekend. And so I kind of gave myself a day. And then I was like, okay, like I said, back to the drawing board. What in my run did I need to execute better? And what do I need to do in practice to 
say make it not one tenth of a second out (laughs) yeah i think it's a little more difficult too for soccer players because you can time can vary on you know when your coach is going to take you out or not Mm -hmm. but if you do make a mistake or you've been making mistakes the whole game it's like you have so much time to fix it and you didn't Mm-hmm. And so I can also think on that, like, for a couple of days, like, I had so much time. I am a starter. I am, keep messing up. And why didn't I fix it in this amount of time? And now the game's over and I can't play that game again. Yeah. So, yeah, you have one run. It's also, like, we <laughs> yeah. have so much time to fix stuff. And sometimes you just don't. And then it can just s- stay in your mind. And you're just like, wow, what did I? why did I do that? But, yeah. So one of the things that I thought was similar about your sports um, in soccer and in go tying is that it's fast and it requires a lot of agility. So with the speed of things, even though your game is 90 minutes long, mm-hmm. like in the actual play itself, it's, things are moving and happening very quickly and trying to keep up with who has the ball and I'm about to, am I about to collide with someone? And same mm-hmm. thing, like, is my horse going the right direction? Is the mm-hmm. goat moving? Like what's happening? So do you have time? And you kind of addressed this a little bit, but do you have thoughts going through your head as you're doing that? Is like, do you have like a, uh, an inner dialogue you know there's kind of that debate of people do they have inner dialogue or not so do you have an inner dialogue going on and what's happening in your head when that in the middle of like a high intensity like when you're making a run or like a key mm-hmm. play in the game do you have inner dialogue going on and what are you saying to yourself um so we always try to say in soccer always think of what you're going to do next because you can't make a decision when you have the ball and wait even three seconds because someone else can just come and either knock you over, steal the ball, and then they'll make a goal or um, just vice versa. But, um, yeah, it's always whenever I get the ball, you have to know where you're going to go next, even if it's just running forward um, and then you're going to pass it or just giving it off and then making it run because things go so fast. You have so many things that you can do. So it's always – you always have to know what you're going to do next. But, yeah. I I probably have, like, two points of thought. First one is like when I'm going in the arena and I'm getting ready to go. And then the second one's probably when I hit the ground. Um, And so that's when I'm like, okay, where's my goat at? Where do I need to cut to? And that's pretty much the only time, I guess, in my actual run that I'm thinking, I guess, like consciously, like, okay, I need to go that direction. Like, come on, get over there. (laughs) And then, yeah, like I said, uh, just when I ride in the arena. So, okay. So you talk about things moving fast and you talk about points of contact. And um, so do you, and you've talked about like practicing with the coach in the arena and making goat tying runs and you've talked about working with your coach, but how much time do you actually spend on the like agility, the fitness part of it, the conditioning aside from just actually practicing your actual event and sport, like besides just practicing soccer and just practicing goat tying, Mm -hmm. do you do other work besides that? Um, I'll let you go. Um, Okay. I was going to say, um, so they've actually come out with this really cool, like, goat tying-specific training program. Okay. Um, and her name's Carly Green. I've been doing it since probably mid-summer, beginning of the summer. Um, and she um, has a specific program for goat tying athletes. Okay. And so we do that five days a week. Um, Fridays, kind of depending on if we have a rodeo that weekend, we'll do some lighter stuff. Um, and then if you don't, you know, you can kind of hammer it hard on Fridays. But um, we do that five days a week, including practice. So What kind of workouts are they? Um, there are a lot of like agility and um, sprint form stuff because mm-hmm. um, you know when you're getting off your horse at a dead run you want to try to get your sprint form as good as possible that way you can get off as fast as possible mm-hmm. um, so like I said it's a lot of sprint form stuff um, a lot of core strength um, that way you have control of your body and like body control movement type stuff so mm-hmm. so it's like an app or an online program or something? Um, yeah so it's like a it, she has like a Facebook group for uh-huh. it and uh, she FaceTimes the um, or not FaceTimes she uh 
Zoom calls. Okay. And so it's like pretty much like a live session. So she does live sessions. Oh, okay. And then anyone across the country um, nice. can like log on to the Zoom and have like one-on-one Sweet. like training. And then like if you can't make say like that specific um, live stream time or whatever, she records them and posts them in the Facebook group. That way you can go back and just watch the recording and do the workout from there. Perfect. Yeah, it's it's been really, really good for goat tying. Like it's growing a lot. And I know that she's been she's been really working hard at it. So. So during practice, we have a lot of just sprints that we're doing, obviously in small games and stuff like that. Outside of that, um, we do have morning sessions um, that can be with our strength and conditioning coach. Um, and our coach is not always there all the time. Um, so it's either you show up or he's going to let them know that you're not there. <laughs> um, and we focus on um, agility, cone work, um, sprinting, turning, um, because we do a lot of that in the game. And then on top of that, we do um, full field runs sometimes, which are very exhausting and suicides. Um, but that's really, that's a, a lot of stretching and ice baths um, before game day, uh, just to make sure that we're getting recovery in. Um, and I think that's about it. And the strength and conditioning coach is new for y'all. So yes. do you think that's going to make a big difference for your I think season? It, I think it is because um, a lot of the girls aren't used to, I guess, um, faster pace in the game and also endurance. So that really helps that we're doing endurance in the morning and agility. And then we have our specific training session that we have to do, yeah. which is almost, I think it's like an hour and a half or two. And again, a d- very distinct difference between the two sports that mm-hmm. in college soccer is an NCAA sport. And mm-hmm. so you get support from athletic, the athletic program. So you mm-hmm. get um, athletic training and you get strength and conditioning and you get your coach and you get your travel and you get all they, you know, they put you on a bus and they take you where you need to go. Yeah. Do they feed y'all when you travel? They do. Yeah. They do. So as a rodeo athlete, you get none of that. Yeah. <laughs> Which shocks me. I did yeah, not know it's, that. Yeah. I, I and know. it's kind of been something that we've been trying to work with the school on is that like um, the sports teams get like reserved hours in the weight room and we aren't allowed to go in during that time. So like if we want to go work out in the mornings, if football or baseball has it, yeah. we aren't allowed to. And so we've kind of built like almost our own little kind of weight room area um, at the arena to where if, if we need somewhere that we want to go work out and stuff, we do are able to do that. But yeah, it is definitely very different. Yeah. So you don't, because of the money aspect of rodeo, mm-hmm. um, you are considered a club instead of a sport. Mm-hmm. And so you are required to transport yourself to your own events. You also have to transport your own animals and mm-hmm. feed your own animals. The college doesn't pay for that. Nope. Um, and you have to pay for all your own meals while you're on the road. The, co- road, the college doesn't pay for any of that either. Nope. Um, and so <laughs> if you are having a seven hour drive to get to your competition Mm -hmm. you can't just climb on a bus and sleep or watch youtube videos you're actually having to to drive drive, which is where we were talking about the energy energy drinks earlier so you yeah i I laugh when i hear the like football players came into my class the other day and they were like oh my god that bus ride was so hard (laughs) and i'm like okay try to stay awake for that seven hour drive by yourself i always knock out i'm either like after soccer game we eat and i fall asleep or i'm just like netflix and i'm just out yeah and they like stop at some place to feed you and they yep. pay for your meal and you're on your own and that's yeah, why you're hitting up the gas station because you're like, okay, I got 10 bucks left after yeah. paying my entry fees, you know. Yeah. Here's yeah. what I got left. And, and like, I, I do the same thing too though. Like, uh, me and my boyfriend travel together and so usually he drives 
most of the time, but um, so I'll sleep. <laughs> but then good. it makes me feel bad because then as soon as I wake up, he's like, okay, your turn. And so I have to go from sleeping to driving the next three, four hours. Yeah, and it's like instant too. You have to go from yeah. like dead sound dead asleep, asleep to like, yeah. okay, yes, I, I need some toothpicks, but I can do it, I promise. Yeah, or you wake up to like hitting the rumble strips and you're like, oh my gosh, are we wrecking? Like, <laughs> oh wait, no, okay, we're all right. Like, it's fine. <laughs> so I know we're like, we're kind of running long on time and I want to be respectful of everybody, but I could keep talking to y'all all day. But one thing I want to do, I have two more things that I want to talk about before we end this is the money aspect. So we just talked about that you're paying for your own fuel, you're paying to feed your horses and care for mm-hmm. your horses, and you're paying for your own travel and everything and your own food. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas the university is supporting most of the funding for yours, but Judith, you did mention that like growing up that there was a money limitation mm-hmm. for competitive soccer. And that's something that I hadn't think about. I always think about the cost of rodeo because it's mm-hmm. so expensive and it dictates so much of your life. Mm-hmm. So did money play an aspect in like, how much you were able to compete or in when you did compete, if you knew money was a factor, did it like stress you out to feel like, okay, I have to, my parents are paying for this. Like I have to really do good. Yes, it did towards um, my high school season just because um, I had a little bit of a rough patch where I was like, I don't think I want to do soccer anymore. And it was more of the team and um, just the culture of it. And, you know, you have some drama in high school, and I was kind of like, I don't want to do this. Like, I'd rather just stick to myself. So I told my parents, um, I think I want to quit. And my mom said, you will never quit a sport in your life. Don't <laughs> say that. And I'm paying for your select soccer. Um, but they always made it known that, you know, they are paying for something, so we need to finish it and, you know, work our, our hardest at it. And so, yeah, it was all money was always – a. I wouldn't say an issue, just I'm more mindful of what I can do and what I can't do because it, it's not just me. I have an older brother, and I had a little sister who was also doing soccer, and she started at Select at a young age, and I was in Select at an older age. So they got her in a little before, and so they were paying for two things um, and trying to balance gas and traveling me and then traveling her. And then my brother, um, he didn't do sports. He just sticks to the violin, but he also paid for you know, music lessons and violin, stuff like that. And so that always was a factor into to that. Did it ever factor in, like, in the actual performance? Like, when you're on the field, are you ever thinking about money when you're on the field? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's nice. Um, sometimes my dad likes to bribe me, you know, if you score a goal, I'll give you this much. So sometimes I think about it, but I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I definitely say that in the, ro- like, in the rodeo aspect, um, money definitely plays into it a little bit more um like like you said like while you're performing because I mean I never I'm very mindful of like what I have to pay for and how I need to you know get hay for my horses and how I need to have fuel to get home and how I'm going to eat on the road and stuff like that and so it definitely adds extra pressure when you're competing because you're like okay am I about to lose 80 dollars or am I about to win 600 like yeah like I really don't want to lose any more than I'm already having to spend so it does kind of add some extra pressure on there but I never felt any of that really like growing up or anything Um, that's good I mean we we definitely weren't like a rich family or anything um, but I think my mom worked really hard to not make us feel like we were ever missing out Um, and we didn't I mean we didn't get to travel across the country and go to some of the biggest you know rodeos that there were and we would just kind of try to hit the ones that were closer to home and stuff like that but um and, like, me and my sister, we shared a horse when we were both in high school. So, like, we were able to kind of cut back on things like that, like, that way. So That's awesome. I had a friend um, when I was younger whose parents would 
used literally every last dollar that they had to enter him. And they would mm -hmm. tell him before he went in to compete, like, hey, if you lose, we don't have any gas money to get home and we don't oh have any gosh. money to eat dinner tonight. That would be so awful. you better win. That's tough. And so I, that has just stuck with me so long. And I always mm -hmm. worry about athletes with mm -hmm. that amount of pressure on them at such a young age. Mm -hmm. well, especially for rodeo, because I'm like, that's just crazy. Y'all are competing for money and then you have to pay money. Mm -hmm. I wish that was with soccer. If do you wish there was money in it, though? I do. If we... <laughs> I mean, we can all, there's so many people on the team, like, we could pitch in, and if we, <laughs> if we win a game, we get this amount of money, but it's just, that's never how the game was. But, but I could see that going wrong in so many ways, yeah, too, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, there's already so much issue with, like, sports gambling and betting and yeah. throwing games. Yeah. And that's, so. that's so crazy, too, because rodeo is literally, like, we're gambling on ourselves. Like, yeah. I'm going out there and saying, I bet $80 that I'm going to win. And then if I don't, I give it to the winner. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's so different. <laughs> so different. But. Yeah, it is really crazy. All right, well, I want to finish up. There's so much more that I really want to talk to you about. I wish we could do this do this forever. I'm so sure maybe I'll come back. I know, maybe <laughs> we'll do part two. We'll do part two. Because um, I didn't even get to talk to you about like sleep, hydration, recovery, nutrition, all that stuff that I still want to talk about. But my final question that I want to ask you is, um, okay, we talked about like how you prepare and then what you're thinking about during the competition, but it's the end of the game. And I want to know, into the competition do you hate to love I mean hate to lose more or do you love to win more which one is more powerful for you the like what motivates you more is it like I don't want to lose or I have to win um it's I don't want to lose I definitely agree with that yeah, <laughs> I, I hate the feeling of losing and yeah, after you lose, it's just you think of a million things of what your team could have done differently, what you could have done differently, um, what you could have done the day before, how are you going to fix it, you know, what's your coach going to tell you after this, um, yeah. how's practice going to go, so just there's a bunch of things running through my head, but I think the biggest one is I hate to lose, I don't like the feeling of, you know, being defeated by a team that you were close to winning to um, and coming up short. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I feel like there's there's a lot more effects when you lose versus there is when you win. Um, so it's a lot harder to not get anything out of it versus to be like, okay, like I did my job, like I'm like I'm good. Like it's I don't know, it's a lot harder yeah. on me to be like I didn't do what I was supposed to versus being like, okay, like I'm good, like I did it. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I'd much rather. Um, I hate to lose more than I like to win. <laughs> so then, do you take the opportunity to celebrate the victories when you do win? Um, We've gotten so much better at that because we were always scoring um, from a losing standpoint. So our team would, the other team would be up two to zero and we would score. And our mentality at the time in a game was, okay, we just scored, just grab the ball so we can make another one because we don't want to lose again. <laughs> but now, um, if you'll come to our games, uh, we, have a, uh, we have a celebration and it's the whole team on the bench and so once we make a goal our whole um field or players on the field will celebrate and we'll go to the line and everybody will just be cheering high fives and that kind of gets us going and pumped up even more um just to get i guess the energy and positivity up but yeah yeah um yeah i'd say we definitely celebrate our wins um but like i said it's more individual so i mean it's just kind of I mean, coach telling you, like, good job, and then you get to go pick up your check, and, I mean, you get to walk out of the arena, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, like, good job, or you get to listen to the video, and you hear everyone cheering for you after you made your run, and 
I don't know. Yeah. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've definitely found that with athletes that we spend more time dwelling on the losses than mm-hmm. celebrating mm-hmm. the victories. So <laughs> my hope for you is that if we get to do a part two, that we're talking about your victories and that you have spent some time celebrating them. Yes. Because I know like college rodeo is coming up. You've got a lot going on this semester mm-hmm. and you're just getting into the meat of your season right yes. now. So I want to wish you both the best of luck. Um, and I'm excited for Thank you. Thank you so much yes. for yeah. having us on. Thanks for coming and joining yeah, me today. Fun. Yeah. Was fun. I feel like we could talk forever. I yeah. know. That was so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. That was a great job. Yeah. Thank you. So you're about to head to practice right now. Yes. What do you have? Uh, yeah, we were going to go practice. Yeah. Say, we're getting ready for the rodeo this week. So uh, we had practice at 11 this morning. And okay. it's probably kind of still running through. we got to get stock sorted and make sure the arena is good to go and is it hectic because the rodeo is here this year this week yeah yeah this yeah. week yeah so just been trying to get the arena ready get the grounds ready get ready for oh my gosh i don't even know how many what a thousand <laughs> are y'all doing good balancing schoolwork with sports that's a little bit of a struggle for me just because i'm only taking six hours but it's grad school and it's actually pretty tough and it's all online it's all online and that's not my best way of learning but um, my professors are really great um they have been very patient with me and helping me a lot so I'm like oh thank goodness that I don't have to (laughs) you know push back any paperwork or assignments and stuff like that so yeah um school's been going good my hardest uh the biggest thing I probably struggle with is trying to fit in work with rodeo and school because I mean like we said we have to pay for our own stuff so then we're adding work on top of that to mm-hmm. try to keep you know so you have supporting a job our sport yeah yeah okay. that's how it yep yeah usually that's i just work weekends that we're in town but okay. it's kind of slow right now obviously because all of our rodeos are <laughs> pretty yeah. close together but and then what about some fun what about partying <laughs> i've been saying <laughs> home um, <laughs> yeah same <laughs> um yeah just with soccer season i actually i guess on the topic of you know nutrition and stuff like that i just water eating sleeping and that's about it because i do work after soccer so it's you know homework like a plant I, <laughs> <laughs> I do um you know homework in the morning and then i have soccer and then i go to work till 12 or 2 a.m and then sleep and it's just all over wait again. are you still working at the bar yes okay so that's not wrong right so, <laughs> You get paid so to hang out. That's what it is. Yeah. Bar. Yeah. So in no my drinking though. <laughs> in my intro for the podcast, I actually put like how they're surviving um, <laughs> classes, competition, and the crystal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How no do you joke. make your living? I work at the crystal bar. <laughs> yeah. But I don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> at least not in season. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Are you liking Alpine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is my second year here, so okay. it's been pretty nice. Okay. So yeah, I like it. Small town vibe. Mm-hmm. It has everything we need: class, work, practice. So. Perfect. All right. Well, I don't want to keep y'all. I know y'all both have to get stuff done. So thank you so much. I thank hope you enjoyed you. this. Yeah, thank you. That was fun. Yeah. It flowed really well. I'm proud of us. I know. I'm not nervous anymore. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm going to say something dumb. <laughs>